Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about some uh, the most underused metric because we just made it up. <laughs> but the most un- underused metric in the fitness industry um, because every everybody on the business side is keeping track of there's key performance indicators, there's data regarding client spending, there's all sorts of stuff that you can be tracking, and I think all of those are important. But there's one thing that I don't see being tracked and 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 it's that's client success now john and i wrapped up our conversation last week um, with the at the at the end of the podcast and we said well we got done that was good that was the conversation about the creating an ecosystem of success and how all things need to be rooted in the success of your clients and i got done and i messaged john like almost immediately and i said you know there's a lot of metrics that are out there in the fitness industry but i don't see anyone using any sort of metric in any way to indicate the success that their clients are having. We try to figure out, try to get to the bottom, how, how can we do this? So for you as a gym owner this week, we're gonna talk about how can you just find one simple number that matters in regards to how your clients are feeling at the end of any time period, whether they accomplished their actual goals, because those outcomes matter. If you don't understand why those outcomes matter or how they fit into every other aspect of your business, make sure you jump back one episode. It's a, creating an ecosystem of success in your fitness business. Make sure you check that one out first. But before we get started, make sure you follow at the Gym Owners Podcast. That's the show's Instagram account on Instagram. Go to the gymownersrevolution.com. That's where you can get in the Gear Academy. You can do all the cool stuff. You can work with us directly. That's where we get hands-on and work with your business year-round. Uh, also, join the Facebook group. Links in your description. Follow John at jbanksfl on Instagram. And also follow the Walk On Podcast while the iron is hot. And then make sure you go and follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. That's Tyler EFF, Ian Stone on Instagram. So John and I started going through, we try to solve this problem because I want to make sure that a gym owner has the ability to really rectify what's going on or reconcile what's going on when their clients, when they set their goals with you in the beginning. And if they're not, we're going to work on that as well. And then at the end of that time frame, where they fell in regards to those goals. And we kept, I tra- kept trying to go back to, well, what if someone wants to lose weight? What if someone wants to, we go with the percentage they defined in the beginning and it became too convoluted. So we came up with one simple thing we want you to do. and You can do this right now. Set it up so that when you have a conversation with a new member an intake or even your existing clients, what goal, what do you want to accomplish this next 12 weeks? That's what we always kind of ask these next few months. What are you looking to accomplish? And by the way, that may just be losing 10 pounds. And maybe I want to get stronger, faster. It may be defined specifically with a number. It may be, I just want to show up in the gym. I want to not hurt. I want to just get in a little better shape. Some may be measurable. Some may be not. But I want you to get them to admit that, to write that down. You can do that via conversation or an intake. You can just have a quick little intake Google form that you sent. Right. Hey, quick, fill this out and we'll start on Monday. Great just has them map out their goals i really like that idea exactly yeah of being ahead of like yeah Yeah. and you need to because that sets expectations that sets what they're expecting of you and you know what they're expecting to accomplish it's it's it works that is a piece that we have aligned with everything that we do essentially is in the beginning you need them to define what they're trying to accomplish so that you can really map out what you're trying to do for them and then plug in your services as the pathway to that 
let's say then at the end of 12 weeks, all, all you really need to get from them is one metric, right? And you can ask other questions and say a quarterly follow-up survey or whatever that can be for the purpose of quality control and lots of other things. But there's one thing I want you to have to ask them. Uh, you can do it on a Google form as well. On a little slide sliding scale from zero to 100, um, how would they rate the success that they had in accomplishing those goals that they defined in the beginning? How successful were you at accomplishing the goals that you defined in the beginning? And you don't have to go back. We, we set it up this way because this that's the only number I want spit up. That's zero to 100. That's it. Because they're self-reporting. Because no matter what is out there in the world, the only thing that matters is what they think, right? And how, how they, they think they got, how they feel about it. Does, do they, are, they, are they saying this was, I think I, was, I got 80% of the way there. That's good. It's not terrible. But if you're getting a lot of people that are at 20%, 10%, by the way, if you're a 24-hour gym, that's tough, right? It's tough because you maybe don't have a lot of people that are invested fully, um, that are doing lots of other things, that are getting daily coaching, that are getting accountability. So in that case, though, someone who self-reports, who's been showing up at your gym at, say, 10 o'clock at night after work and kind of struggling and doesn't know how to start, and they're just working out by themselves, and they're a little lost, and they have no nutritional guidance – if no matter what, when they signed up, they were asked to write down what their goals were, just get in shape, build a little muscle, yada, yada, yada. 12 weeks later, they, they go to rate, they're asked to rate their um, success. Like, what is your customer success ratio here or rating? And they rated it a 5%. Well, that seems like an opportunity for them to reinvest or for you to plug in a next level because they have defined, they have recognized right there and reported, yeah, I didn't quite get where I where I wanted to get. And they're not always going to be blaming you. That's the problem is I think gym owners often think that they're going to blame you for the fact that they weren't successful. But very often they know what product they chose in the beginning, especially if your offer stacks are set up the way that we like to have them be, where they really have a choice. If you're giving them a choice, you're not pushing them to a big ticket item. You're just giving them a choice to choose between their buying habits and their budget and their needs, what type of assembly of products that they want to choose. And that person opted out of nutrition coaching. They opted out of one-on-one private. So they opted out of some group classes. They opted out of a intro challenge or whatever it is. And they went, I just want 24 hour gym access. So I'm going to DIY this thing. Them admitting 12 weeks later, I didn't get it. I didn't get even close. That is an invitation to sell. And the issue that I always had whenever we talked about KPIs and being able to have this particular discussion of like trying to simplify it now where we're, we were kind of going to a direction where where we saw just a gap that's a gap in the industry where all these KPIs are out there for you to see like the health of your business, but not the health of your people. Yeah. And, and, and when it came to the KPI side, it, it was for gym owners. I feel like the, the emotion oftentimes is you're all over the place and, and you can hear, you can read an article or you can read a book or you can watch a book launch or you can do something that really gets you focused on something and they say, well, this is what matters, this, 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 and this. And you can get really focused on that one thing, but then eventually it's like, you're going to end up like getting overwhelmed by your existence as a gym owner of having to just wear so many hats, doing so many things. And what I like about simplifying and just cutting out all the bullshit and getting down to as simple as humanly possible, which just is what is the success of your people can you answer that? How do, how do you, what, how do you feel about this person? And then more importantly, how do they feel about their progress? Because any example you give, whether you're talking about youth athletes, a 24 hour spot where the guy only works out at, at 2 AM and no one ever sees them. You never meet this guy. 
you have no you have no way of being able to try and communicate with this person to get a feel for are they happy where they're at like what is their feeling about being in your spot and when we really can boil it down to like this one sliding scale metric that's based off of how these clients are feeling that they're doing and how they're achieving it's amazing what gets unlocked and it at first you'd be like well this is this seems too, this is too simple. Like seems too simple, which is why I like it a lot. Exactly. Now, and so now John and I, this, this concept we've, we've, we've kind of built in now for all of our gear Academy gyms, they're going to start rolling this stuff out. Now, those of you out there, it's free, take it, run with it. I need you to do it. I'd love to hear how it works for you. The thing that we talked about with this ecosystems, all your marketing, all of your sales, all this stuff will be greatly impacted by this metric being higher. So you need to know this, that like if you're the place where people go to and they are, let's just say the vast majority of your people are going to answer zero to 20%. They've accomplished zero to 20% of the way to their goal after their 12 weeks. Like that's a lot of people. That, that's what I would describe as the 24-hour global gym models are going to be like that, frankly. The amount of people with memberships who are accomplishing not even halfway to the goals that they would have predefined. There's no way <laughs> that that is going to give you a reputation for being the place where people go to get the job done. They go, they, everyone I know who goes there, they drop the weight, they drop the, you know, they're stoked, they love it. Like, like you, you need to fix that about your gym, or at the very least, maybe in for a twenty-four hour gym. Listen, are you going to have a a very high amount of people saying that they got a hundred percent? No, but that metric still needs to be improved, and that will define opportunities for you to sell as well. And that's what's most important. It's not just about getting new people. It's about serving the people you have better. So if all those people have to have a, ah, fuck moment, and maybe they know it's them, that's the time where you go, hey, perfect. You know, we do have a nutrition coaching thing, or we do have some personal trainers. That allows you to define who is ripe for these offerings. So I'm not just constantly trying to sell people who don't need or want the shit. And that's, that's what will make you hate selling. That's what will make you despise the idea of having to offer stuff to people. This will also help you say, oh, fuck, it's me. Yes. That's oh, fuck, it's, it's my I, – I fuck, I'm fucking these people up. Yeah. Because if you take a look at what you're offering them, if all you have is – you know, you have the one membership. Maybe you've listened to the podcast long enough and you've tried to break stuff out yourself and you've broken it out into two or three different offerings potentially. And it's just – it's once you understand, well, how does someone feel about their results – Am I talking to them about what else I have available or is it just kind of like, well, you didn't know, like it's, they're here, they're here. I haven't had those conversations and it's, are they happy? Well, then what did they buy? What did they buy? And therefore, how are they feeling about it? Cause that's where it's, if you have a 24 hour spot and you have a general membership and the majority of your people are going to be in a non-coached product, then you don't rack your brain as why that, that self-reported um, score of how they feel about themselves and how they feel about their progress. If it's below 50%, it's kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. As far as what tier that they fell into, what they bought, and this gets us into another KPI that is important to us, but it's like, it's, it's how they feel about it. That matches. Yeah. So one of the, one of the most important metrics or one of the most important variables in the value equation is the customer's perceived likelihood of success. Right. I 100% if, 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 the, if I take a list of 100 people, right, 100 people, they all want to lose 20 pounds and there's two gyms 
There's one that will guarantee 100% that they get that 20 pounds off. And then there's one that like just doesn't mention any guarantee. I promise you the one with the guarantee will sell more. The one with the guarantee can charge more. It's, 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 it's just, a, it's, it's a foregone conclusion because people go, Oh, great. And especially then if the word is out on the street that everyone who goes to the place with the guarantee gets it, they got people that they know that have done it, that that company's social media, their marketing is always about people who are accomplishing it. It needs to all roads lead to your customer being successful. And from that, that leads to you being successful. So you need to understand that if you can, if you can, what's the word? If you can constantly track this metric, you're going to have no problem making everything else work because you're going to fix your shit. You're going to make sure people are getting into the right products. You're going to have better opportunities for internal sales than externally coming in based on your marketing and based on your kind of the, the rumblings about your way your referrals are going to operate at that point now is you're the place where people get it done. That's the word. There's a problem that the fitness industry has that most other places don't have. The worst dining experiences I've ever had is not when I get bad food necessarily, because in my entire life, no matter how often anyone has ever messed up orders, I worked in restaurants for years when I was younger. Did you know I've never, not even once sent a dish back? Never. Not when I got the wrong food, not when it's cold, not when it's an overcooked, not when it's undercooked. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Eh, it is whatever. I'll make note of it. Right. I may not go back. I may not order that again, but that is what it is. But I just don't like jamming up my experience by waiting another 20, 30 minutes for somebody's shit. The worst dining experiences I ever have had in restaurants is when I go to a place and I sit down and we order our food and we wait and we wait and we wait. I would rather have it be bad and have me be fed than me wait and wait and wait and then leave having to say like, hey, man, like I got to go. Like I baked in two hours to come here, but I can't wait. My food's not here yet. This is a problem. I'm going to leave. You know why? Because when I leave that place, even if I didn't have, even if I got my money back, I still have to solve the I'm hungry fucking problem. The one that I walked into that place to solve. And the fitness industry, for you guys, your gyms, your coaching products, your classes, the truth is people came there for a reason. Their reason, not yours. Find out what that reason is, and but very often, they leave without having accomplished it. It's not just that I went to a restaurant and I got food and it was either good, average, or bad. It's I went there and I didn't even get it. Okay, it's it's calling a plumber, and when he leaves, you've, he's taking your money and your shit's still leaking all over the place. And he goes, eh, well, you know, hopefully next time you get it right. You call the right guy, right? Like that. that we have the issue where they came to lose the weight. They came to accomplish A. B or C and we don't do it. We blame them. Okay. And a lot of it is on them. It does. First off, it's a lot of it is, but when you're in the business of modifying behavior, you better fucking figure it out. And by just ignoring the fact that did they accomplish what they set out to do? And is that a number that I'm using to actually guide other decisions in my business to not boil it down to that is fucking stupid. And it's why it's why we have such a bad reputation as an industry. This is why even good gyms and good coaches and good people like pretty much under deliver still constantly. It's because you're out there doing good. You're having good relationships and you're doing the thing and you're getting them in there having fun. But you know what? They got they came here to lose 20 pounds, 30, pounds, 80 pounds, 90 pounds, and they fucking ain't lost shit. Who did they come to you? Now, I know they're in their own way, but but you need to know that number needs to sit there and go, okay, amongst all these other things that we're doing well, 
we are not doing a very good job of this. And they have defined that they did not get what they came here to get. How do we do better? And that means you can have a come to Jesus conversation, which when you're coaching people to modify behavior, you need to fucking do that. Every once in a while you say, hey, you're going to fucking fix the things you're doing outside this gym or I'm not going to work with you because it's a waste of all our effort. Okay. You came here for this or at the very least, you don't, you don't have to be hardball. I do hardball. I, I don't have time for it. Right. I don't have time for excuses, but, but you can just say, Hey, I know you're struggling with this. Here's what we can do. Let's plug something in here to make sure you said you did not accomplish what you came here to get done here this last 12 weeks. What do you want to do this next 12 weeks? That goes right into our sales process, right? What do you want to do this next 12 weeks? Okay. Well, what happened last 12 weeks, we didn't get there. What do we need to do differently to get there? Here's what I think as your coach, you let your buying habits, budget, and needs decide what you want to do from there. But it aligns everything with that. And, and until you do that, all you're doing is just running around. There's nothing worse than coaches that think they're good and their clients don't get shit done. It, to be everything that you just described, it all comes back. The reason why someone knows, if someone's going to come and work with you, Tyler, they, they're going to know they, there is a certain expectation of who you are. Yeah. Based off of how you come across, how you come across in conversation on online, right? It's consistent. It's a consistent expectation of what it's going to be like to work with the big guy. So I'm going to work with the big guy. It's going to be a certain way. And he will motherfuck me and call me on the carpet and call me to task. And that is expected. Therefore, when it happens, it's not confrontational and it's not contentious, but it comes down to those expectations. To me, a great example is if how does Burger King and McDonald's, how do they have so many five-star reviews in some areas? They have fuck tons of five-star reviews. And I noticed this as I look at like, I'll go to a spot we're in, you know, I, I live just, just on the borders of coal country mm-hmm. here in Virginia and West Virginia. And sometimes we go for sporting events or whatever. We go into some areas where the opi- opioid crisis was clearly this was a city that it was an epicenter in. Like there's just there's nothing here. But their windies all bomb went off. Oh, one yeah. hundred percent right. But there's six hundred and seventy two five star reviews at the Windies. What? What? What do you mean? And it's so for me, it's all about those expectations. It's when I go to Wendy's. I have an expectation of what I'm about to get myself into. When they achieve or maybe even meet that expectation, boom, it's five stars. Why, John, is a five-star review for McDonald's rated the same as a five-star review for Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? But that's what I was just going to say because it is, right? But it's all about expectation. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a fuckload harder for Ruth's Chris to get a five-star rating from me than it will for McDonald's or Wendy's. And that was like your example of, of when you sit down and eat at a restaurant, my expectation in the, these United States is that I'm going to be in and out in an hour and I'm going to be fed depending on the style of the restaurant. It is can mean a lot. If it's an hour at Wendy's, we have a problem. Yep. Like now that's something that we now have a serious issue. But when I went and visited you guys in, in, in Amsterdam, the expectation was when we go out to eat, we are now here for the next six hours. Because it, 
Yeah. And you're not getting a refill no matter how much you sit near your empty glass. They don't give a shit. There's no ice. They're going to give you two cubes of ice and they're going to wonder what the fuck is wrong with you when you ask for it. But those were my expectations. Yeah. So it wasn't weird that it could, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom what the experience would be like here in the States. If it was like, no, we're going to go out to dinner. It's going to be four and a half hours long. Like what? No, we're not doing yeah. that. And so for me, that is what's happening is that you have, if you have clients that are coming into your business, into your world, the expectation cannot be X and you fabulously under deliver. Yeah. And, and that is where you can still get where it's like, well, Planet Fitness, like they're, they're fucking nothing. They give, we, we shit on them all the time. Pizza on Fridays and bullshit. And it's all this, whatever. But you look at the reviews and they're really, really fucking high. There's tons of people who are very happy with their experience there because it aligns. It all lines up. And this is the thing that we can't, we had to setting expectations, that term, set expectations. In the heating and air conditioning business, that was the, so on the surface side of that business, especially, that is that was the primary, that is the phrase that we heard most often. You need to set the expectations. And we do that with every point of contact in that business, right? So some people don't, around here, by the way, people don't like expect to pay when someone comes and fixes their stuff, they expect to someone to come fix their stuff and them to a bill to show up in the mail and maybe to not even have to talk about how much it's going to cost till they see the bill. So they can just not think about it out of sight, out of mind. Technicians love that. Cause they're like high five out the door. Everything's great. Right. Like I'm the hero. Yeah. We fixed it. We're good. You'll be mad in a little bit, but you know how bad that is for the business, leaving that money kicking out two, three weeks before someone sends back the amount of chasing down. It just, it doesn't work. You collect while the technician is on site. But how would we do that? Nobody else in this town did that. Nobody. You're going to be presented options beforehand. Nobody else does that either. Okay. That can be very jarring. So what that, what that is, is every little, the entire process, what this is going to be like is defined in the beginning. So when you call our lady, our dispatcher who answers the phone is going to deal, get the deal, get the information, let you know approximately when to expect the technician. They will send you a in that message, there will be a photo of your technician and their vehicle. So you'll know who their face is, what it's going to look like. They're going to say, you're going to be, they, they will be, they will be charged a service fee of $95 or whatever that is for the trip. If you do choose the, and, the, and then you will be presented options for how to do your repair. If you choose one of those repairs, we will, your technician will waive that service fee just so you know, and they will be collecting at the time of service, collecting payment at the time of service. And then to drive that point home, you say, will you be paying via check or credit card so that they have to say a, a payment method, which means they fucking understand. That also means they have to be there at that time, right? Cause mm -hmm. they need to make a decision that sets all of those expectations, right? That has to be done up front. So for you and your in your fit in your fitness business, in your gym, when you intake a new client, by the way, even if you don't have to see them to intake them, even if someone's comes like, yeah, if you're a 24 hour spot or something's real quick, no, I just want this. We love closing closing sales via text message. It's it's great. It yep. limits your opportunities for bigger ticket stuff. But if you do this stuff right, you can move them up the ladder as they get going, right? As they get in, as they define this thing but but you need to set those expectations right away meaning just in the intake a quick form hey thanks for coming in you know we're wondering hey where'd you see where'd you hear about us oh great what are you looking to accomplish in this next whatever is it weight loss whatever let them go through and answer all that stuff because it's important for them to know and if you're having that conversation with a person in real time you may realize it's insane 
if they're like, I want to lose 75 pounds in the next 12, we're like, okay, well, this is going to be a problem. They will be disappointed. They came to McDonald's hoping for Ruth's Chris, and this isn't it. The solution to this, talk about the value equation, the guaranteed way to lose that weight in that amount of time is to go get liposuction. It's going to cost 2000 times the money as your gym membership, but that's how that, that need to align their expectations with your service and everything like this. Mm -hmm. So, so doing that up front, allows your service, everything else to do what it does. And, and, and their choices that they make in between their, in between A and B are theirs. But at the end of that, then it's time. Okay. Hey, on a scale of zero to a hundred, you know, regards to the goals that you listed before, how close did you get? 70%. Fuck dude. That's pretty fucking good. It's pretty good, you know, but you got to know this. And as a gym owner, you need to know this because this is, it's insulting to not. Now, we want to go to some quick adjacent memberships. So we call this, John, what did we even come up with call this one? We called it a uh, client success ratio or rating. Yeah, client success ratio. Client success ratio, 0% to 100%, right? Just, just that's, that's what we are. We'll call it CSR because everybody has to, has to have some clever fucking thing. These are the core up. four pillars of client success that we're going over. Yes. With One, what is your CSR? It's whatever. Fuck all that. But, but that's what we're going to kind of call this. So, so ask people, you need to get that, but, but this doesn't need to be a conversation. It can't be, this needs to become data. And that's why we simplified everything out of this. That's why we didn't have you, someone who wants to lose a body fat. We didn't have you go in and do the body fat scans before and after, and then do the math to determine the difference that they felt because that sucks. And it's not apples to apples across the board. The only thing that matters, how do they perceive this? Now, could you, you can sell that, right? Don't confuse this with your packages. This is not how you, you package out and sell your services and, we'll, and we will get into that just a little bit on another KPI, but like, no, just as Tyler said, like, this is, this is like a universal identifier of overall like client success. I, I would put this right up under straight up fucking gross revenue, right? This sits is like, what's our big number, right? This is an, this is a big number of the same impact in my opinion, which is fucking crazy that they don't, it's not even discussed. That there's just not even anything about it. And I get it. You don't want to simplify it down to something. But but you need this. You need some number. And maybe there's a better way to get this metric. Maybe there's a better way to track it. Maybe there's a better way to determine client success. But I don't fucking have one right now. So this is what we're going with. And this is what you need to do until you find a better one. Now, another. So these next ones here are um, either upstream, downstream, or adjacent to this client success ratio, right? And these are these are other indicators or other things that you need to factor in when, when determining how to go about your business that are impacted by or do impact client success. Another good one is, we talked about earlier, five-star reviews. That's it. Simply go to Google. Now, there are other parts of your business system that will indicate to you how well or, or how many five-star reviews you're getting or that will impact, I'm sorry, that there are other parts of your business that will impact how many you get, which is how often are you asking, whatever, right? right? How often are you asking for them? How easy is it for people to get them? Are they being asked frequently? Every person who comes through your door, is it easy for them to leave you a five-star review? Like, is that possible? Once those systems are in place though, the more you get, the better you're doing. That is that is about clients being. That is more about client satisfaction than it is client success. But those they two things. If your client satisfaction is not tethered to their own success, then your fucking gym is about you and fuck you. As far as I'm concerned. Now, 
there is, you don't, you can do a great job with your client's success and have four five-star Google reviews. Now, but what is the outside perception going to be? Correct. This business doesn't, there's hardly any business there. They got four review, four fucking rating. Like, I don't even know if I'm just looking for a new spot. One's got four, one's got 40. It doesn't matter what's really going on in that gym. That's a tough hurdle for me to get over initially. Right. So I think then you go, well, that, so that's why you need to fix these other parts of your system. Okay. Well, I'm doing a good job. My clients are happy. I need to get the ratings up because that affects the perceived likelihood of success, which starts to feed downstream from there. So that's, you need to have them. They need to exist on Google. Obviously then you can use those same testimonials. We've talked about this before, use them, reword them, however you got to do to, or paraphrase them or whatever, like parse them down to something readable, use them for social media content. You want clients being successful to kind of be the centerpiece of your marketing. If it's not, whatever. You're Think about your boat. equipment. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. You, you, like, like, but then you're never going to sell bigger ticket correct. stuff. You're again, you're perceived the clients perceived likelihood of success is low. And and these are we we joke around as we kind of shit on like the idea of like CSR and whatever acronyms and shit. But it's it's understand like these KPIs that we're boiling this down to and we're simplifying all the things. Look, we know all the KPIs that are out there. And this is the reason why we're like, so fuck these. And how do we simplify this down more to what truly what we believe is going to be able to be the difference maker for your gym to be successful, which is like keeping client success at the forefront of all of our minds. Yeah. So these KPIs are, are truly are like it's for core, like KPIs that, that everything, like all roads lead to Rome, like all roads lead, like these items are indicators that there are, you know, if I'm building like a web design showing you all of the things that come out of these single points of data that you can just very quickly go and say, well, where are we at with this? What that number tells us, Tyler and I can go into any gym, right? We, we were working with, working with a brand new guy this week and he comes in and he's got four Google reviews. Tyler and I know so much about your business just based off that number. Yeah. You don't have to tell us anything else. And we know immediately it's like, ah, that's an area. That's an area that we fix because it ends up being a, it is the solution to freeing up the flow of business throughout so many other aspects of your business. And you don't even realize it. You're worried about like specials and ads and what percent off you should do and all these things. And it's like, hiring and you have all these problems and they're all problems that you have legitimate problems. And you don't even realize that the solution is sitting at that four Google reviews number. So that's where, that's why these, everything we're going to talk about, continue to talk about for the rest of this episode is going to be like, these are so important that you see them because they are these North that is truly, these are North star level metrics that if you just know them, everything else becomes easier. These are the, the mathematical indicators that you have an ecosystem of success. This is, these are the health markers of an ecosystem here, of your ecosystem. If these metrics are off, there's something fucking wrong, right? So the next one we wanna cover after your Google reviews, your five five star reviews is going to be, how do we term the term this, the the average length of time that a client's average lifetime period. Lifetime period, right? Average lifetime period, not average lifetime value. 
right? And not necessarily contract length either, because that ties too directly to buying habits, mm -hmm. right? Which is okay. And we, we have a buying habits type metric we'll get into next, which is why we don't have that much redundancy. But clients who spend long amounts of time with you doesn't mean they're like someone who spends three years with you at a $70, 24-hour membership, right? That person is a good fucking customer. They must be happy. They got to be, right? They have to be. Now, there's ways we could serve them better, and that's what, we, that's what all these other things that we've described. But if they're there, they're happy. If at any of your products, your average lifespan is a lifetime membership or lifetime period of a client is a couple months, three months, man, that means you're barely getting out of renewals, right? You are just really turn and burn if it's three months, four months. That's tough. Like that's that's the stuff that like starts making businesses that do poorly at those things force people into long-term contracts. You know, you know what I mean? That, 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 that ends up how they f fight against it because they can't, don't have the time or human resources to be better for them. So they simply box you in more to maneuver that metric. And it's padding that stat. Yes. Like if you really, you get with a franchisee, like it's very quickly, it's like, oh, well, no, we're doing like 80,000, $120,000 in business. It's like, okay. But like, but let's, like let's whisper. I feel like we you're making some assumptions that this I'm is two I'm years contract that most people default on after six months. And in the back so. of your mind, you know, they know that. And they know that, and you know that. As a gym owner, you know that. And so that's why it's like, don't don't hide behind some of these metrics where it's like, no, 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 like, let's pull it apart. Let's look. And that's why that's why none of these live on their own. Tyler, you, you talked about the idea of like, these are um, mathematical, these key performance indicators of a healthy ecosystem. None of these can stand alone. They cannot stand on their own. They are intricately connected in that web of what makes the gym what it needs to be. So that's where it's like, oh, well, this then leads to the next and then leads to the next and then tells us what we need to know. Planet Fitness crushes this metric because it's nine bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a different business model for you. And, and, and do you think their client success ratio, what does that look like? probably pretty fucking low if we're being honest, if it, if it, the expectations were set and track. So remember you can't, you can't lean on just one. So we're going to go to the next one here, but, but, but that, let me touch on this real quick, but the average, uh, fucking what was it? average length, lifetime, length, period. lifetime per period. I say length, longer, stronger, whatever. All uh, <laughs> average lifetime period of the relationship mm -hmm. with the client. Um, Listen, that's the stuff that can make you a cornerstone in your community as well, like in your local community. Is that mm -hmm. the fit people in your place are fit, they make progress, and they're there. Like everyone knows that so and so here, once he got in shape, they know what Jimmy goes to. They've asked him. He's been a person in the world for long enough. People, people know, people ask. And that's that's where a long enough time of kind of hitting these home runs here is like people just know, like, fuck, when this step up to the plate, it's, it's a problem, right? This is and, and that's what you want your gym to be. It's like, all right, this is this place is doing it and doing it well. I know people that go there, they love it, and they all look fucking great. It, people should be chomping at the bit to go to your place. You shouldn't have to convince people. And I would love to be able to say to all of you listening, like it's all right, if we're talking about right, that, that average lifetime period for a client, it's, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be, it needs to be eight months. You guys, it, ne it needs to be 72 weeks. It needs to be, or whatever it's going to be right. Like it's, I want to give you that hard metric. The problem is, is that that's not how this works. No. 
Because if I'm talking to a youth gym and their average lifespan for a client is five weeks, and then I'm speaking to a CrossFit gym and the average lifespan is five weeks. Those are two we, very different. Industries. We have a problem. And then, and then the way you and I completely solidify what that one metric goes hmm, and our eyebrows raise. And then we go, it's like, well, what is our, what is the client success rate? Like, what does that ratio look like right now? What does that indicator look like? And it's, oh yeah, the youth gym has a 92% mm-hmm. consistent score and the CrossFit gym has a 22%. And it's like, yeah. This is, we know exactly what this is. So this is not cut and dried. This becomes very customized to you. And, and again, these, this is why you're doing all the denominators that. I would use to say the, the, the measuring, uh, I don't know what I determined, how would I use this term? The unit of measurement, right? Mm-hmm. That I would use for um, average client period length, whatever, right? That metric for the length, yep. for the length, you go inches, you go centimeters, right? In this case here, if you are, we have, we have one of the gyms we work with this really it's, it's personal, small and small group training for youth. So it's like in between seasons, it's in summer, it's stuff we've talked about a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of these, that nobody's, you're not getting a 15 year old kid training in your gym 12 months out of the year. It's not fucking happening. Not if they're in sports in the year. They're, that will not happen. If, it, if, it, if you're doing it, like, congratulations, maybe, but I, I almost go fucking play and then go do your in season lifts with the team. Like, I don't, you don't need the beat. Like, I wouldn't want that, right? So what we do is then we, with him, we have him count just weeks, total number of weeks. That's it. So if they're in five weeks and then they take 10 weeks off, I don't, that gap for this gym doesn't matter for your gym. I think it does. Right. But if, unless, but for this type of gym, we have him go, if they go seven weeks, great. And then if in December, they come back on for six weeks, that client's number. So it's going to keep accumulating 13 total weeks, whatever, 18 weeks. So that over the course of a long time, we've realized how many, Kind of like cycles and in between seasons and off seasons that this person's done with you. So that's important. That is just your measurement of recurring business. That's a it's a retention metric, really, but it's retention without the the shackles of some of the other factors that get that get baked into it. When we're just talking contract length and shit like this. So the next thing we want to get into, this one's going to be if you're if you haven't sold with an offer stack, I'm going to do my best way to describe this to you. Okay. You're going to present people with, let's just say, four options, a platinum, a gold, a silver, a bronze, right? Now, there's a ratio with which people are buying that fall with, that distribute themselves within those four categories, right? right? And obviously, the top one's very expensive, longer commitment. Bottom one is very approachable, simple, entry-level stuff, so cheap. Now that is buying habits, budget, that's a person's specific needs, goals, that's how big their want is, that's however they feel connected to the likelihood of success. This sits downstream of kind of all these other things, kind of, right? And so this sits downstream of your client success ratio because if the and, and how your marketing is about that because you have tons of five-star reviews, you have tons of testimonies about people that are successful because you're actually making sure they're successful instead of keeping fucking blinders on. Right. Word is out. You keep track of that. You do well with this for a year. You're, you don't have to worry about much. But people come into your spot with looking for with, with the impression that they're going to have a very high likelihood of success. They are willing to spend more money. If they come in going every time I've signed up for anything fitness related, I fall flat on my face and I it's a waste of time and yada, yada, yada. If that's their impression of other things and they don't have an impression of what you do, 
that's mm-hmm. thorough or reliable, they are going to just default to, I'm going to spend as little as possible because this is how this shit always goes, you know? So, but the ratio with which people fall in, that is a thing that will be an indicator of how well you're doing in regards to clients actually being successful and how you're marketing about that to follow up. What is that now allows you to start shoring some of these things up. If your clients are super successful, right? You have a very high CSR and you're getting tons of people who are coming in and like all these people are buying base level repairs. If you're a big repair, see if base level <laughs> services, right? See, yeah. um, all of your, the impression when people are coming in, or at least maybe your marketing is pointed to this. It allows you to troubleshoot this stuff. If so many people coming in choosing base level services. You go, people are coming in just to ex- expecting to spend this much or thinking that this is the only thing that we do, or this is what we do best. And if a lot of gyms are struggling to sell personal training or struggling to sell nutrition coaching, this is why. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then maybe you need to speak to your client's success more directly or via testimonials or speak just simply in your marketing more about those other services and why that's tied to success. And so that people should come in going, the nutrition is important or simply your sales process sucks and you're skipping the main part, which is what are you looking to accomplish these next 12 weeks? They tell you and you say, okay, well, what kind of is, what barriers have been in the way of you accomplishing this in the past? Right. And they'll say, I have nutrition coaching. and I don't really know what I'm doing in the gym or I don't show up. Well, hiring a personal trainer helps with accountability. Nutrition coaching helps with nutrition fucking no-brainer right once they define that in their head they go it make it would make no sense unless they simply could not afford it which i allow them to if you can't afford it buy what you can afford start something is better than nothing right right and so i'm all about that but if someone comes in and you're having those conversations that distribution should be mostly in the middle right it should sit mostly kind of in the middle um and then some uh, more in the bottom than in the platinum, but you should live mostly, mostly in the middle. Like the majority of them should live right in the middle. Now, that is, if everything else is lined up, people's expectations are coming in and you're still getting a ton of base level service sales, who's selling? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause this was the problem we had in the heating industry was guys didn't want to come out and say one define what the problem is, make sure that they're, you know, if they're concerned about warranty length, things like this, that the top option, our most expensive option in the repair industry, we'd say it's our most premium and most permanent option. It's got the longest warranty and we're going to go extra far, whatever. That's kind of how you explain the top option. I see a lot of gym owners, just like I would see technicians come in and go point to the bottom one. Cause like, that'll get you in it's a sale it's done i can still go do the basic fix i don't got to do any more extra work you ended up leading them you lead them to that to that purchase because you think they're poor or because you've defined what they want or you've you think based on what you see of them what their priorities are what they value or how much money they have so that's Mm -hmm. how you know that you or your salesperson is fucking up as well because if you continue to let people drop into these low value services when they want need and can afford to move up that ladder, you are castrating their chances of success. So get the fuck out of the way, let the system, the ecosystem do it, but it all has to be rooted back into client success. Now this, if you're only selling, like we talked about the 24 hour joints, if you're only selling base level services, your client satisfaction rate, client's success ratio will be lower. Mm -hmm. It will be 100% lower. If every single person in your gym came and chose not forced, but chose a platinum or gold level service, right? With nutrition coaching and all this stuff and accountability baked into it, your coaches really delivered good on it. 
your client success ratio would be fucking high, very high. And you know what else is high? Your goddamn revenue, because those things cost a lot of money. This is how this is. You don't need to upsell. Okay. Your system just needs to work. Okay. And it needs to work for your clients first. And it needs to work for you. If I took my car into a repairman and I paid money and he said, okay, here you go. And I drive off and he didn't fix it. I'm not going to be that fucking happy. Mm -hmm. You have not had a successful relationship here. And I'm mad because I paid. How many people leave your gym just as fat as they came in? A lot. A lot. And that's why the fitness industry has such a terrible reputation. And this is why one of the – tell me, John, how can the one of the biggest industries in the entire country of the United States that is billions and billions of dollars and extremely diverse and is everywhere, there are – no matter what you say about this town, there's six gyms, something like this. We got mm-hmm. twice as many gyms as we do at McDonald's. All right. We're a one Burger King place. We don't, we don't have multiple locations of anything other than McDonald's and Subway. Okay. This is not a place that has a bunch. There is a ton of gyms, a ton of places to get fit. And yet I do not see fit people almost fucking never. It's so, almost- so we are a failure as an entire industry mm-hmm. because we chase one variable and none of it is rooted back at the core of the business. Your mechanic, the one thing he cares about first is that it's got to be fixed, right? The car has got to be fixed. The tire's got to be changed. The oil change, your oil change spot changes your oil when you come in. Okay. We're one of the few industries that can just not do the thing that people paid you to do. Again, I, I know so many of it's on that it's behavior and all this shit. But when you can actually deliver the fucking thing that people want you for, you become valuable, they become successful, you become successful. And and this isn't the pharmaceutical industry. No. This is not when you get someone healthy, they stop taking medicine. Like it's you're you're better off to keep people sick and keep them medicated. This is when when unfit people become fit, they continue to do it. Yeah, the client that I have probably the longest since I've moved back pretty much lost 90 pounds. He's lost another 20. This was before he started working with me. When people find fitness out of the darkness, they find health, they find weight loss that now takes up a space in their life that there was nothing before, or there was dysfunction before this person still pays me every week. I try to just, just once a week now, He's down another 20 pounds, doesn't have much more to lose, but like he likes it. He, he understands the investment because he invested so much time and so much effort and so much energy. So that at this point, he's like, yeah, this is how I, it's like, it's an accountability thing. Having an hour with me a week. I learned some new stuff. These people don't leave you. You don't leave your gym once they get healthy. They know now that they have to maintain this. Because the game gets to change and you know, the game, if you're in yeah. fitness, you love the game. The game is I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. Now I'm going to put on some muscle. And maybe I'm going to try rock climbing. And now I really like stand-up paddleboarding. Listen, and like once you now- get and once you get jacked enough, you just get body dysmorphia anyway. So you're just like looking in the mirror and you go, man, I look like shit. And it's whatever, but the standard keeps moving. And you know what I mean? The the the, the standard keeps moving. What? Listen, every day I look in the mirror and what was a dream 10 years ago, I carry every day. And the problem is every day I look in the mirror and go, fucking fucker, I got to get shit back on track. Every fucking day. Okay. So this is, this is, it's like the, uh, the, uh, bro science guy when he said, uh, he was like, when you first get your first real pump and you, and you see yourself with the first pump, he said, that is the moment with which, in which you are forever small. 
Because yeah. no matter how lean or how jacked <laughs> you get, you will never look as jacked as you would look right now if you had a pump. And he said, then it's over. You're screwed. So no, obviously we don't need to sell body dysmorphia to people, but no, that people want to lose 20 pounds, lose 20 pounds, and they want to lose 30 more pounds. Like everyone thinks they're 15 pounds away from having abs and they're actually like 40. It is what it is. Guys, we kind of went all over the place with this one, but track, start with the client success ratio. Set the expectations, make them define their goals. They can be specific or loose, but let them have the opportunity to expand them. And then at the end of that time frame, do this via an email, Google form, zero to 100. Client success ratio, five-star reviews, your sales tier ratio, what you're selling, how many of each, and then your client average lifetime period. Those yep. are those four core KPIs that is foundationally built upon client yep. success for the business. Yeah. And they all live around the center of the client success ratio. That's the one. It's just three yep. around one. So keep that in mind. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Should go check out check out the Walk On podcast here. John's going to have the full run through of the companion episodes for uh, Swamp Kings. You got guys. They left some shit on the table when they made that documentary. It's like they, I swear to God, it's like it's like the University of Florida, like specifically was like, yeah, we'll help you make. It's like the. I'm not going to show us. It's like the Epstein documentary where they bring up like Les Wexner, like in passing. And they don't say yeah. anything about the fact that like, no, no, no. This guy gave him a hundred million dollar house and funded his entire lifestyle forever. And it's just like nothing, just nothing. And you're like, oh, it sounds like Wexner paid for this thing to be made. This mm -hmm. sounds like the Uniflor University of Florida came to make a good football piece, some controversy stuff around here. But like it was a lot centered on the field and a few personalities. And they really avoided like a lot of the salacious shit that i really wanted and john's got all the he's got the dossier on all of it so you want the <laughs> behind the scenes stuff what was going on what it was like at those practices the things they talked about on the field and real great insights into observing as an outsider some of the madness that was going on off the field at the university of florida check out the walk-on podcast uh for the rest of our shit follow jim Moore's podcast on instagram follow me at tyler f and stone john Call me at jbanksfl. Get in the Gear Academy, by the way. JimOwnersRevolution.com. We'll make your gym kick ass this year. All right, let's go. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.